it's not fear none or fear gone. It's fear less. It's not that you'll never have fear. It's simply that you acknowledge it and you learn to fear less. And so that same idea is it will never, ever be gone. And that's okay. Just like we'll never be done with growing as people and as humans. That's okay. That's part of the journey. It's just acknowledging it, accepting it, saying hi to fear and stress and anxiety and guilt and shame when they show up and saying, I see you. And I'm also just going to choose to move on regardless. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane, founder of High Fiving Dollars. And I'm Garrett Philbin, founder of Be Awesome Not Broke. As money coaches, we want to give you space to explore your relationship with money. The guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear, no topic is taboo. In this episode, we talk about how to manage financial expectations and set boundaries with our friends. How does our confidence, or lack thereof, affect our ability to set boundaries? How can we move on from a friendship that is no longer serving us? And what are the positive outcomes we've experienced from creating our own financial boundaries? Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. So Garrett, you had a really interesting story of relating to financial expectations and setting boundaries. You care to share? Oh, I would care to share, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Zing. Yeah, I have a client who has had a really challenging time around this. We've been working together for about four months. And in the first couple, she found it really, really challenging because as she was starting to change her intentionality around money and become more aware about what she wanted it to do and how to put it towards her her values and the things that really mattered, she found that she was running into these both spoken and unspoken expectations with her friend groups around how they handled money. So for example, everyone goes out to the bars and it's just the expectation that someone will get the first round, someone else gets the next round, someone else gets the third and so that's just part of what happened. And so she found it really hard when she started to say, I only want to spend $20 out. And then they get into this environment where, again, the unspoken expectation is just, I'll get one, you get the next. And it was really hard for her to stick to what she wanted when she felt that these things were in place where it was really hard for her to be as intentional so as she I wanted. So I shared this, I think, pre-recording is that I'm obsessed with boundaries because that has been said no one ever, ever. I know, (laughs) but I love this topic and I really wanted to talk about it is because setting boundaries for myself and I guess other people in my life has just helped me really raise my net worth and my self worth as well. Realizing that I needed to have better guidelines for myself and how, I guess in essence, how I want other people to treat me really helped me realize, okay, I've been spending a heck of a lot of money because I haven't been setting these boundaries and I've allowed myself, right? It's not the other person's fault. It's I've allowed myself to spend this money because I wasn't clear on what I wanted. Or not that I'm not clear. Let me rephrase that. It wasn't that I wasn't clear on what I wanted. It was that I was afraid of telling somebody what I wanted. How did you become aware of your lack of boundaries initially? How was that showing up? When I was $9,000 in debt, 
broke, <laughs> homeless, had no job. That was that pivotal moment where I'm like, oh my God, I just let somebody walk all over me. Holy crap, I need to get my crap together. It was so, so I think I talked about the Dalai Lama book, The Art of Happiness, before. And if I haven't, anyways, it's just a pivotal book to how I viewed happiness and the things that I've done. And I realized that I had to be responsible for my life. And I, I think I was relying on other people for my own happiness. And once I realized that, I was like, okay, if I want to spend time with friends, I don't have to spend money. And if I don't want to spend money, I have to be very clear on that. So that unfortunately meant I did lose a lot of friendships. A lot of people and I just grew apart because some people love to shop. I wasn't a big shopper. I, I said no to a lot of requests to go to the mall or go out to expensive dinners. And they didn't like that. And so but that's what happened. And it sucks. And I think I was really afraid of that happening. And then when it did, I was like, okay, this is not as scary as I thought it was. I can imagine with hindsight, it not being as scary or being easier to tell this story, but like in the moment or before you actually went through with it, can you remember how it felt to have to try and confront these people who were your friends well, at the time? Well, in two words, really scary. <laughs> but okay, longer answer. So I remember being terrified of even thinking something like that or even approaching my friends about something like this. So what I did was I was like, okay, maybe I'll just set little mini rules for myself. Instead of outright saying no, can I suggest an alternative? So it's kind of a no, but it's a very soft no. Some of them love to go out to dinner and it's like 40, 50 bucks a pop. And I actually had no money for that at the time. So I would say, you know what? I'm, I don't really feel like having dinner, but let's go for coffee. So that's, that was a no, but I'm suggesting an alternative. So I didn't feel like I was rejecting them. It's almost like enrolling people or giving people the option to enroll themselves. So you'll say, hey, instead of doing X, let's do Y. Who's with me? And it gives them the opportunity to raise their hand or just turn around yeah. and walk away. Now, some of these friendships were let go. I, I think um, it was very mutual, right? I, some of them yes and some of them no. And it was because we realized that we were just going on different paths. So some of them were heavily in debt. I'm, I'm not judging, but that's that was the truth. And they're in denial about it. Considering you yeah, were in debt exactly, at one point right? in time, right? So they were in debt. They they were shopping to forget about that. And I was on this path of, I guess, self-improvement, personal development. And I did not want to be in denial about my financial situation anymore. And so we, there was a clear contrast between what I was doing and what my friends were doing. And so, yeah, we just, we just let that friendship go. I can just imagine that being tough though. If you have these existing relationships with people and you've gone through the same thing that they are going through, right? So you went through getting into debt and you've come out on the other side, been out of debt. Was there this want to help them do the same thing and kind of try to bring them oh up with God, you? Oh my God, boyfriend. I was going to say girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, work boyfriend. That's, that's just our relationship right now. We see way too much of each other. But yeah, I, I can imagine the want to help people. You thinking, I've done this, let me help you. And, 
And so did that happen? And what was that yes, like if it and did? I still get these feelings of, I feel like the burden of responsibility to help because I've seen the changes in my life and how amazing my life is compared to, you know, back, back in the day when my financial situation wasn't that great. I, I do. But I also know that 12 years ago when I started really looking at my finances, I was at a very different place mentally. So if I'm approaching helping somebody with my mindset now, and that person may have been where I was 12 years ago, there's an extremely clear contrast in mindsets. And so I cannot actually help that person because I'm not where they are anymore. And that's not a bad thing, but then you're going to get the triggers, right? You're going to get like frustrated. Let's say you want to help somebody and they're not willing to even look at their bank account because again, their mindset is at a different place, right? So you're going to get that clash. And so I was sharing this with Garrett. I was listening to something about being afraid to outgrow the people who have supported you in the first place. So let's say you have a friend and both of you were trying to get out of debt together and you read, I don't know, a Dave Ramsey book or something about the baby steps and you're going through the steps and you're paying down your debt. And let's say you made much more progress than your friend and then your friend decides, crap, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm not reading this book. And you're continuing to read the book. Are you afraid to outgrow that person because like whatever, for whatever reason, like you're afraid of if you're successful, that you're going to lose this friendship, right? What does that mean? Because that, you know, that person has helped you get out of debt. You're feeling bad by, you know, quote unquote, leaving them behind. This is such a tough one. I mean, yeah, that's true. And at the same time, you know, what comes up is, can you then... And I imagine this being hard to think in the moment, but you can also serve as an example. So if that person isn't ready at the moment, flipping it and saying, you know, not I'm going to show this person that I'm great and this is how it has to be done. But if you follow through with, let's just say this Dave Ramsey example, and you get out of debt or you continue to grow, then whenever that friend or was friend is ready to do that internal work again, they can look to you and say, okay, I have this person as an example. We do have that shared history. Now I'm ready. Let me go and start the conversation back up again. So you almost give that person if and when they're ready and they may never be ready. And that's just the truth of what it is. But you give them something to strive for sounds super vain, but I think you give people an example to see that it's possible, especially if you're going through the same things exactly. to begin with. So I was you know, thinking about what's coming up actually is the idea of even saying no. So like with, with your client, you know, there's this struggle with this expectation of buying rounds of drinks, right? So to do something different, to change yourself or to make a change in your life is already difficult as is, right? And then to think about everybody else around you, it makes it like so much more difficult. But then, you know, for me, in some ways, I think it's easier. It was easier for me to let friendships go because I've just traveled so much. And so sometimes there is kind of it. It sounds really bad. Sometimes there's kind of an expiration day because they're like, oh, yeah, we lived together here for a year. Now we're back in our respective country. So we're not going to see each other much anymore. It's totally OK. And I've always kind of had that mentality when I was traveling. And, you know, I also have to think of it as if saying no is going to benefit the other person, why am I so afraid of doing it? 
this is totally me pulling something out of my butt right now, but what if saying no to these drinks is going to maybe trigger something in these friends where they're like, hey, maybe I'm spending too much on alcohol. Maybe that's going to like help me pay off some debt if I don't spend this much money. Like, Who are you to say that's not going to happen? It's funny you say that because as she's gotten more comfortable with what it is she wants to use money for and put it towards these things that matter to her, she's now having those conversations with people and they're starting to ask those questions like, oh, like, wait, how are you doing this? Or it is starting this conversation that she was really afraid to have at first or was worried about what even that conversation would be. But now she is serving, I wouldn't necessarily say as a role model and by any means, but just a different way of doing it. I think we get into these patterns of this is just what we do. Like We go out and we go shopping at the mall or we go out and we go to restaurants and then grab drinks. And she's kind of throwing a wrench in that and saying, all right, I'm going to do something different. And it gives the people around her a chance to say, huh, do I want to do something different? Like is what we're used to doing. Yeah, no, it's true. And now given like some people will be afraid of even thinking about that and that's fair, right? Get they're not at that place where you are, right? Nothing wrong with that. And some will be curious as to like, huh, how, how did that happen? I guess for me, when I was going on this kind of I'm still going on it, personal development, spiritual journey, financial journey, whatever. You mean that stuff never ends? That work never ends, Oh my gosh, no, no, no. (laughs) It never ends. I mean, unless you want to stay the same. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's a choice. choice. As I've gone through this, or still going, I guess, through this journey, creating boundaries is for your own good because... Whatever you say or you don't say or whatever you do and you don't do in terms of boundaries or, I guess, changing expectations, you're giving permission for somebody to treat you a certain way. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm so knee deep in my business right now. I'm thinking about phone calls with clients. So some clients love to hop on the phone Right. They they may have never hired a freelancer before. And they so they kind of have this, I guess, expectation in their own head that you're sort of like an employee where you're available around the clock. Again, I'm not judging. That's what happens. And so I've had clients and I had to actually turn off my phone at one point where they would just call. They would email me something. And then two minutes later, they'd be like, did you get my email? Now, if you're relating it to money, like time is literally money for me. If I don't work, if I'm not actively working on a, a piece of content or on a coaching call, I'm not making money. So if I'm spending all this time with this client on a phone call or answering my email, that takes me away from money making activities. And so if I'm not very clear with what times I'm available, when I can answer emails and all of that, my livelihood is at risk. What have been your fears around setting boundaries? I think initially, like in that situation, and what were the responses of people when you started setting boundaries? If you want to use that same example. When I first started this out as a side hustle, I was afraid that I would never get clients again. That if I did not respond quickly, if I did not take their initial offers, that I would, they would be like, okay, I don't want to work with you. And editors and other businesses do talk to each other and so if you get like a i don't say a bad reputation but if you get a reputation then maybe the next person i pitch is gonna be like oh yeah i've heard of this sarah girl like she 
doesn't do this, I'm not going to hire her. Now, when I started enforcing these boundaries, what I started doing was like explaining why I had to do it. That kind of made it better on my part. Anyways, I would say, listen, I'm really sorry. I only have these certain times because my son's home with me. I don't want to get interrupted. It's not fair to you when we're on a very intensive brainstorming call. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So again, it's not like a harsh no. It's I'm saying this because I'm helping benefit you. I like that. I oftentimes feel when setting boundaries to start, I can feel like I need an excuse as to why. And that's probably good just from a connection standpoint. So you're not just like, here are my boundaries, take it or leave it. But do we need to have reasons and excuses for why we're setting boundaries? That's a good question. You, You don't. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, no, <laughs> like I'm pretty, pretty ruthless. Like, no, I don't have the time. Sorry. Right. Um, but this has been how many years of practice where I, where I'm like, no, but you know, or this, right. Like really kind of, I'm in an R and about that stuff. On the other hand, having reasons is not a bad thing either. It makes you feel better, but it also prevents miscommunication from happening. If you're like, I'm not available at this time, somebody on the other, on the receiving end could then kind of think of all these reasons why she's not available. Oh my gosh, Sarah hates me, this and this and this. Then the next time you talk to the person, for example, they're going to have this in their head. It's going to be like a weird relationship or a weird talk, whatever. So if you want to like, I guess, anticipate those things from happening. Yeah. Giving a reason is totally fine. And thinking back to the client example, or just going maybe from the business context back to more of like with friends and saying, if you have that explanation as to why you're setting the boundaries, like, Hey, here's why I'm only going to be having two drinks tonight. Or I got this like $20 bill. This is how much I got for my booze budget tonight. And here is why, right? Because I really want to do this yoga retreat coming up in two months. And that's going to be 800 bucks. And I just know that like, I need to only take this 20 out. And if I do that, right, every time we go out, I'm going to be able to save this six, $800, whatever it is. And that then also gives the opportunity for your friends to enroll in what you're doing and make them aware, either support you or not, whatever they choose. It's, it's good information. Yeah. So I see how that idea of giving context, right. And ex- explanation is yeah, really, I love really that. I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about like community, right? Like Your friends, if they're your real friends, I'm going to have to add that in there, (laughs) want you to succeed. So if you're saying like, hey, I have this goal and I've been working towards it so hard, like for months or weeks, and me not spending money or me creating this boundary is going to help me, why wouldn't somebody want to help you with that? Why wouldn't they? So if you just to get it out there and declare the goal or declare what you want, even the universe is going to rally in your favor. And this is also why money is so hard because you have to have these conversations or when you're having these conversations, you have to have the confidence to bring it up in the first place. You have to know what's important to you, why you're doing it. And so these aren't conversations about money. They are, but really underlying all of that, you could potentially trigger a fear in someone else when you bring this up in that example, like, oh, well, why am I doing what I'm doing, right? I have no idea what my goals are. And so that person on the receiving end could react negatively because you're forcing them to confront something that they have not wanted to take a look at. 
So, you know, money again is just the start of the conversation or the tip of the iceberg and how people react is really based on their own fears, insecurities, anxieties. I don't know why this is coming up to me, but you know, keeping up with the Joneses is also kind of a lack of boundaries. So I, I actually talk a lot about this in, in a book I published last year. And I call these people money frenemies. Like they're people that you talk to, maybe not on a, always on a daily basis, but you talk to them, but they do things that cause you to like wreak havoc on your budget is what I think I called it. <laughs> so one of them is called the green-eyed monster. And so what they do is every time, let's say you have, I don't know, a goal, right? Like, oh, I paid off $1,000 of debt. They're like, well, great, good for you. I paid off $1,500 worth of debt. Or, you know, oh, I'm so excited. I saved up for 10 months for this, you know, car. Now I can drive to work instead of asking for my husband. The green-eyed monster friend would be like, yeah, well, you know, I bought this car like 10 months ago when you just started on your goal. So because of these people, then you you feel like, oh, crap, I got to like do what they're doing. And that's where the lack of boundaries come in. And that's where you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about having friends like who aren't necessarily that aware or conscious in what they're doing financially or who don't set good boundaries. We talked about how starting to just share what we're going through and enrolling other people can be a helpful way of doing it. Are there other ways of getting people enrolled how can we find these people? Do we have to create them? Because they are so important. If the people we surround ourselves with aren't going in the same direction we are, then it's really, really hard to stick with what it is that we want. How do we find these people? Do we have to make them? Like, do we just have to start having really hard conversations all the time? Like, how do we start getting more of these people who can support us in our lives if they are That aren't is there a already? good question. It's like a really tough one to answer. I remember when I left South Korea to go to China and people were like, oh, you're never coming back to Canada. And so like a lot of my friendships kind of faded away because they just believed like, yeah, Sarah, I guess you've outgrown us. Goodbye. And that was so not true at all. Right. So I was almost forced to find new friends or I was almost forced to find people I could relate to. And so what I just did was. I went to as many, I guess, social outings and I and I allowed myself to be open to meeting new people. And so maybe that's one of it is go to meetups like meetup.com is a great place. So I'm thinking in my own city right now, there's like so many real estate investing meetups. So if you're interested in that, like go. If you're interested in freelancing, go to those and just be open to who you meet because you just never know. I love that. And knowing that they don't even have to be financially related meetups either. Again, because when we're talking about money, it's really the underlying issues um, that can be triggers for people or that people are struggling with. So just going to any meetup where you might find people who you want to make your people, like go to a salsa class, right? Go to a pottery making class and you can find people who have the similar interests and they may just be willing to support you. You don't have to lead with money. You can just lead to finding more people who feel like your people and feel like they would support you regardless. And then odds are they'll have that same mentality around money. Not always, but odds are if the underlying foundation and confidence and all of that is set, then their financial world will look I was going to add too, it doesn't have to be interests or financial mindset. It's just their mindset in general, right? If you think about like 
I'm thinking about high achievers right now, like, you know, million, people who earn a million dollars, they have a different mindset. It doesn't have to do with how they approach their money. It actually has to do with how they approach life and success and achievement in general, right? Like, I know I talked about this on a previous episode where your financial decisions reflect decisions you've made in all other areas of your life. So I am someone who's totally willing to look at all of the negative parts of myself. Now, not every day, right? But I'm willing to ask those tough questions to dig down into these shadows, to uncover them, to, I don't want to say get rid of them, but at least to acknowledge them and, and let a lot of the negative stuff go. Because of that, I'm willing to go into my budget, for example, and just be willing to say, oh, crap, I wasted like $300 this month. Like that you know, is a negative thing, I guess you can say, right? Like I'm totally willing to admit that. What can I do to change it? So that mentality or my mindset into my willingness to go there translates into my finances. When you were talking about the millionaire example and the difference in mindset, I thought back to how you said it was your fear of rejection initially when you didn't want to bring it up um, with your friends who were shopping all the time at the different malls and how that fear of rejection um, initially led you to not setting boundaries or confronting. And people who make a lot of money whether you make a lot of money doesn't really matter if you don't know what you're doing it for, but a lot of people who make a lot of money don't have a fear of rejection. So they're willing to put themselves out there. They know why they want to earn the money that they're earning or why they're doing what they're doing. And so it can almost see a parallel of when you got over that fear of rejection, it led you to surround yourself with people who have a similar mindset or to get away from people who didn't. You've earned more money since then. And so you're, you're getting that mindset that has a lot more in alignment with people who have the confidence and therefore yeah, I just want money. to add with the fear of rejection, I'm still scared of rejection. Like, don't get me wrong, right? It's, I've acknowledged that it's a natural part of what I do. That's the difference. Uh, I love that. And I think a lot of people forget it, that it's not that these things go away. A friend of mine, Eduardo, He's a speaking coach and he has a business called Fearless Communicators. And what I love, the quote that he says that I love is it's not fear none or fear gone. It's fear less. It's not that you'll never have fear. It's simply that you acknowledge it and you learn to fear less. And so that same idea is it will never, ever be gone. And that's okay. Just like we'll never be done with growing as people and as humans. That's okay. That's part of the journey. It's just acknowledging it, accepting it, saying hi to fear and stress and anxiety and guilt and shame when they show up and saying, I see you. And I'm also just going to choose to move on. I was also going to say with boundaries, I think this is something I know that I've really struggled with in the past is when I'm saying no, or I created a budget or whatever, is I'm scared of missing out on something or I'm scared I've made the wrong decision. The work that I had to do around that was to say, yeah, okay, if I'm missing out on something, I don't know that I'm missing it right now, right? Am I gonna, am I gonna regret it? And again, what's important with that is just acknowledging and saying, oh, I have this fear of missing out. Okay, you're never gonna be able to experience everything. You're never gonna be able to have everything. And so just saying, I feel these feelings coming up. And 
is it good? Is it bad? Did I feel good about the decision I made or did I feel bad about it? Regardless, you make a decision, you know, whether you say yes to something or no to something. So even with that FOMO, you can just, after each decision you make, say, do I feel good about it or not? And that's more information to help you make better decisions. And you can change your mind. I love it. So what have you found that's been the biggest takeaway for you when setting financial expectations and creating boundaries with people? If you could pass one thing along that's been the most helpful thing to listeners, okay, what so would that be? So this was a question that I was like, this popping, I was watching a video this morning. <laughs> this woman was talking about, do you want to help others be the best version of themselves? And if you do, that might mean having to say no, but that might mean having to let them go. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been doing that for like 10 years. You know, I've come to realize that letting friendships go or saying no or creating boundaries is really out of love. It's not being mean. I'm not being a jerk. It's actually out of love. I recently let go of a friendship. We were just not on the same page in terms of our, our you know, mindset. And I'm doing this in a loving way because you are at one place, I'm in another. It's not going to help either of us to keep talking to each other because I'm going to keep triggering you. You're going to keep triggering me. And we're just going to have this negative impression of our talk or whenever we meet. So letting this go is a totally loving way of saying, you know what, you you do what you need to do, girlfriend. And like when you're ready to come back or when we're ready to be friends again or talk to each other again, we can do it in the most loving way again. Yes, (laughs) to that, because sometimes the most loving thing you can do is say goodbye for your own growth, for the growth of the other person. So you don't have this codependency on each other. You aren't triggering each other. That idea where as long as it's done from a place of love and not screw you, get out of my life, that that can allow growth to happen. Kind of that the end of something can be the rebirth of something else. Yeah, for me, I would just say finding the confidence to enroll other people in what I want to be doing. It was very surprising when I started doing this, how many people were actually excited to try new and different things, how we just gotten into the pattern of going out and grabbing food or going out and grabbing drinks. And that was just what people did because it was the default and having a new way of hanging out and just kind of throwing a wrench in what the expectation was, people really appreciated and said, oh yeah, totally, I'll do that. I never thought of that. That's a great idea. And once I kind of raised my hand and said, hey, I want to try something different. And even though it was from this scary place of feeling like I didn't have enough money and so I had to have tough conversations, it gave other people permission to think differently and to try different things as well. And in my experience, 98% of people were grateful and excited to be enrolled. Once you can get over that fear, or if you just lean into it, because that fear is still there for me, it just, we're a little better friends. Uh, That was kind of the biggest takeaway is other people are excited to hear your ideas and to go down that path with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And if you can think of one awesome human who would connect with what we talked about today, we'd love you forever if you shared this episode with them. 
Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.